You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. It is about time for headliner questions, as always. First, though, we want to give thanks to Dr. Birch and Birch Orthodontics. The ride-and-die orthodontist of Seminole Headlines and Florida State Athletics is Dr. Birch. And Dr. Birch, being the best in the business, got our business. Ira's family, my family, and if Corey's family lived here, right, and well, he would that that would have happened as well. So you know, it is part part of his family. You know, Stephanie's, Stephanie's kids family. are going there. Stephanie's yeah. family. That is there. fair. Completely yeah. fair. You're right. Yeah. That's the right. Gene, way you said. Gene's kids have gone there. So many friends of ours. It's just it's the place to be. Really, it is. It's the she's the orthodontist to the stars, really. I think correct. is what, what and the we, stars' children. Yes, and so yeah, birchworthodontics.com is the website where it all started for us. Was free consultation. Go in, they'll tell you the situation, what can be done, what's the best for your child. They'll feel great about it. They've got payment plans. File your insurance. Take care of all the stresses that go with that process, and 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 then you come out with a beautiful smile, even if uh, your kids uh, are told by their renegade parent to not wear the. The retainers, which you know somebody on this panel might do. Oh, my kids are wearing the uh, retainers. No I, thanks to you. Well, I'm I believe in answering my kids honestly. Right. Uh, and if questions come up, no matter how uncomfortable the answer, yeah. you gotta you gotta you know. But listen, now here's the thing. I did say that uh, we're paying for it anyhow, son. You might as well put that thing in. That's, that's, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> that, that's how I did it. All right, let's get to questions. Scott writes. Great news, Corey. Tyler Grubbs is in the portal. Your oh, two-year right. campaign has worked. Finally? He's a, uh, for people that don't know, on Wake Up War Chant two years ago, he was the freshman t- linebacker at Louisiana Tech that was leading the country in tackles. He might have led the country in tackles. Um, and so we were making a push to have him transfer to Florida State because Florida State had no linebackers. I've since watched him play, and I've looked at his grades on PFF. He might not be the kind of caliber linebacker that Florida State, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, Tyler. Prove me wrong. Hey, 2020, um, 2023 Florida State's a little different than 2021 Florida State. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, Tyler, they've outgrown you a little bit, but I'm Mr. sure Window. he's still going to find a, a great home. That's awesome. I there, We even had a, a listener, because I was like, you know how rumors get started. I just say, is Tyler Grubbs coming to Florida State? I don't yeah. know. There's a chance. And so somebody made a video, Tyler Grubbs to FSU, question mark, <laughs> and put it on YouTube. It was really funny. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> I have to, this one makes me laugh. R.A. Andrews writes, melancholy morning, gentlemen. 
The season sped by like Dalvin. Corey thought, fought through some health issues, Ooh. and the last game is here. My question, does Louisville hire coaches of questionable character, or does it turn them into retrobates? <laughs> That's a, that is a yeah, good question. Yeah, the chicken or the egg with Louisville. That's a That's great a point. That's a really good question. Especially knowing that city and what it's all known for, it's a racetrack and bourbon, it, that could be the case. I think that's their selling card is you can that, do whatever you want here. In that sense, Louisville is a lot like Tampa. You know, I have a yeah, love, sister city, sister yeah, city. Almost. I have a love hate thing with Tampa, my old stomping grounds, but it is shady Tampa as I've called it for a long time. And many a player has been brought in or coach and seen whatever moral, moral fiber they had in place <laughs> frayed very quickly right. uh, because of, Opportunity, as Chris Rock would point out, opportunity is different in certain places. That and if you have a certain amount of money, a lot of opportunities in Tampa to find what you're looking to find. Scott, I Scott Satterfield, Petrino was a bum before. I mean, we always yeah. knew Petrino was Petrino. Yeah. Scott Satterfield is interesting because he kind of came in. He talks like a preacher. Like you want to like him. And you came want, from we, App we, State, right? Came from we, App State. Yeah. And we've all talked to him at kickoff. Yeah. And so, I mean, he seems like a likable guy. And the people at Louisville loved him. Like, the radio people, everybody really liked him until he went off in the middle of the night and interviewed in South Carolina. And then you just find out maybe he's not what you thought he was. And so man, it, this is a perfect – him leaving there for Cincinnati is pretty beautiful, especially it's, since they're playing in a bowl since game. Since they're playing each other and their teams will be on the same sideline because and it's if, the Fenway Bowl. And if you were Louisville, you're like, after all this, after all that we've invested to turn yeah. our program into something, we got a dude just riding out after a successful year to Cincinnati. <laughs> like what, what, what are we doing out here? This is insane, it's but awesome. it is funny. It is funny. It's not as funny and or as predictable. I don't suppose as Hugh freeze ended up back in the sec. Oh my God. What a homecoming for that guy. Right. He Man. has to be so excited. He's like, look guys, you knew when I was doing hookers, and blow and 800 numbers on a private jet while working. You guys knew I was all about the SEC. Why did you make me have to live out there at Liberty where they're also living a lie? Because they took me in knowing damn well that's not their guiding principle. But, hey, I'm back home now, everybody. I'm back home here at Auburn where I belong. It's crazy to me that, like, if Michael Orr and Blindside isn't a thing, does Hugh Freeze even become a college coach? Like, I, I feel like he he followed Michael Orr to Ole Miss. And I don't know that Mike, Michael Orr wasn't going to Ole Miss because uh, of Hugh Freeze. But, like, in that book, he's kind of uh, – he's not as big a dummy as they make him out to be in the movie. But he's not some genius. He doesn't come off as some genius either. And now he's he's apparently indispensable. And no matter what his moral shortcomings are – He's got to be a head coach in the SEC. Well, yeah, I mean, bottom line is he gets players. He gets players in his offensive score points. So, yeah, yeah um, that's all that matters. All right, so we'll move on to the next. It's fun though. Good question early on. That was from Twitter, by the way, Ira. Nice. Caleb uh, writes: Now that college football season is ending, it is time to turn on the old NCAA game and start a dynasty mode. Can I get some suggestions for players? Thanks for the great, great coverage this year, uh, Frankenstein. Like a player from Florida State? That's a that's a vague question. I would say you'd start with uh, Charlie. By the way, did y'all watch the uh, documentary, the Charlie Ward documentary on the ACC Network? I watched most of it, but it was during – well, I was actually watching the 8 o'clock version. Oh. Because uh, there was a 7 o'clock version, the 8 o'clock. You watched 7 o'clock. I watched the 8 o'clock, and then midway through it, Jordan Travis announced. 
So I had to kind of dip out for a little bit, but I caught most of it. But and it's I awesome. knew yeah. I knew we were going to have to pre-record today. And Corey, it's on my to-do list as soon as we're done here recording. I did not watch it last night. The Bucks were coming on, and I was going to watch the uh, Tampa oh, right. Bay Buccaneers. But uh, it's, yeah, it's it's well done. It, yeah. it, it's something that's hard to compress into an hour because there's a lot there clearly. But uh, they they did talk getting Sam Cassell. I think made the whole like Sam Cassell talking about how they wouldn't even want to cuss around Charlie. And you remember that crew? It's Pat Kennedy and Sam yeah. Cassell and Doug, Doug Edwards, Edwards uh, Bob Sura. Yeah. So, uh, and that Charlie was kind of, they didn't want to disappoint Charlie and how they even viewed him as a teammate. Uh, it's just, it was just really well done. It was, and he certainly deserves, you think about it, because Brady had never seen it before. And I watched it with Brady. And Brady's like, wait, he punted? I'm like, yeah, man. And then he's watching the first clips of his starting career. He's like, well, how many interceptions did he throw? He threw another one? What are we doing here? And he threw a, he threw eight and two games. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later he's winning the Heisman. So it, it's, it was pretty cool to see Charlie Ward's career through a 14 year old's eyes that didn't had heard the name, but didn't really know anything about him. I was in the stands. I know you were too, Corey, to see, uh, to hear some of those boos. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah. when Charlie threw the eight interceptions in two and games. they had, they didn't even bring it up that they had the bumper stickers that said honk. If you've intercepted Charlie Ward, <laughs> I mean, I thought they would have brought that up because that's still <laughs> all in all time. Fantastic, aren't they? That's just yeah. fantastic. That, that's a quick turnaround, man. It is. It's incredible. That quickly. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, man, in a different scale, Jordan, Jordan Travis I mean, was right there. Jordan Travis and Charlie Ward are kind of similar deals where people were like, what are we doing here? And the thing with Charlie, the, what I like the fact that they had him talking about the punting because we've all, everybody knows that he, I mean, not everybody, everybody over 20 knows yeah. that he punted that first year, but I didn't know how like he didn't want to. And I never thought about the perspective of, you know, and uh, Brad Scott mentioned it. He said, look, you know, think about this kid. He gave up a year of eligibility to punt. That would never happen today's football. Oh, crazy. He'd say, find somebody else. No, that's 100% correct. And there are a lot of things that are very unique about Charlie Ward. I am too, like Corey said, I'm glad that they, uh, have this documentary. I'll watch it as soon as we end here. Earn I mean, early. If, if we, we talk about Bo and we talk about Dion with good reason, but think about how crazy it is that somebody was a national championship winning quarterback, won a Heisman, and then two weeks later was playing basketball in the ACC in the early 90s against those crew, that crew yeah. and being good at it. I mean, that's pick, just huh? nobody does that. That's insane. And he got to do Florida State got to live it 30 years ago. Crazy that much time has gone by. After early signing day this month, the Knowles will be ranked what in recruiting? They're 15 right now, according to On3, which is the only thing we care about. Um, right. I, I would say 13, 12, 13. I don't think they're going to get in the top 10. I think Shout be- out to On3, though, because they're going to do the transfer rankings. Yeah, which I don't know how it's, it's going to be hard to quantify it, but heck, it's hard to quantify 17-year-olds, too. Um, as far as like, okay, what would you, what would, like, what would, uh, what would Trey Benson have been last year as a, as a star in the transfer? Portal? How could you know, right? Yeah. How could you know? So, so, but I mean, maybe a three star and he's played to like a four and a half or a five yeah, star probably level, three. but, um, but it, 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 we have to, like Ira pointed out when 11 of a, your 15 all conference guys are transfers, college football, the whole industry has to figure out a way to make the portal more of a ranking get get more rankings out of it because it is it, it is flooding the market. I mean you see it it's a huge deal it's all it's not as big as high school recruiting but it's a really big deal and so yeah you finish 13th in the portal in the in the regular high school rankings 
But what if you finish sixth in the portal rankings? That's a great player acquisition year. This is all about the many changes we're talking about in college football and how do you perceive it as a fan? How do you, what, what do you look at? What do you care about? What are you really interested in? I did the Nebraska show that I do on Monday nights. And of course they just hired Matt rule and all of the Nebraska fans were weighing in on what they need to see from Matt rule so that they could believe in him. And a bunch of people kept saying, well, he better surround himself with a bunch of recruiters because he's not from out here. And the counter from the guys that I do the show with, with what are you talking about? This is not 1986. Yeah. You're no longer yeah. bringing guys onto your staff who just know the area. Relationships. And, yeah. yeah, and have great relationships. It, you don't have to do that anymore. You know, their point it helps. It, it's not a bad thing. It relationships can help a little matter bit. Yeah. if everything's equal. But yeah. you can win yeah. a recruiting battle if you just have more money. <laughs> Right. And that's, and that look, man, or, or you can present more opportunities and that's, that's exactly what the Deion Sanders show is all about. I mean, the fact that the whole reason, you know, going back to four or five years ago when Willie Taggart was flirting with the idea of bringing Deion as an assistant is one of the things that you and I ever, we all said was, is Deion Sanders really going to put in the time in recruiting? Is he going to be on the phone with these 14 year old kids all night and traveling across? Is he going to do that? Well, now he doesn't have to. And so now he's Deion Sanders and he's going to bring in these corporate partners and, and there's going to be money flowing through NIL. And so now he's, it's man, the, the biggest decommitment yesterday that every five seconds, there's another kid from Colorado who's committed, who is no longer committed, who I'm sure was gotten a, a nice phone call from one of Dion's people saying, Hey, by the way, you don't, you don't have to go home, but you're, but you're not coming here. That video was awesome. Aslan brought this up like that. The video of him going into that Colorado football meeting, it was funny on a number of levels, but Aslan was like, if you just looked at the kids in the seats, oh, yeah. it looked like a marketing class. <laughs> it looked like a marketing class on any college campus in the country. It, it, they are not blessed. I he think, is not blessed with a lot of quality football, physical, physical looking guys at Colorado right now. I, it sounded like there were a lot of guys that didn't show up. Like oh, the, well, and, so there the, you go. The, 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 yeah, the turnover of that roster is going to be interesting. And the reality is, man, you can't sign 70 players. So, no. I mean, he's going to take some L's. This is not going to be Jackson State where they turn it around. So, it'll be interesting to see how the, what the patience is Terrible like. to start yes. the year. And it's going to be a much different experience to see him have to wade through these waters of that conference against yeah. those teams with established connections. It will be very interesting. And then, I, if he and then control, him, we'll see. And then handle press conferences because this is again this isn't Jackson State. I, mean, I love his videos with their their PR guy. Like those mm-hmm. videos they do, they're kind of tongue in cheek. They're awesome. But in you know the, after the bowl game, he didn't talk to the media. Well, that's not going to fly in the conference. I mean, like in in, in the Pac-12, he's going to have to talk to the media after losses. He's going to have to answer questions. And every time he doesn't and throws a scene, it's going to be a bigger story. And so yeah, man, there's a lot of. There's a lot of navigating that's going to have to happen there for that to be successful. Uh, Hello, gents. In honor of the new Charlie Ward documentary, I'd love to hear your perspective on why the NFL couldn't see his value in the 90s. Incredible ambassador for FSU. Go Knowles. That's from Walter. Um, Well, the game was certainly not played in the way that it is now, and none of those offenses or those types of quarterbacks were ever embraced really back then. And the other thing I would say, in fairness to those teams – Uh, Charlie had let it be known that he wasn't necessarily going to go play in the NFL before the draft. So the edict was, if you don't draft me in the first round, don't draft me. Well, well, they were reluctant there. Let me just clarify that a little bit because I was in Thomasville at the time. And so it's on the, it's in the dock though. 
I know. I understand. Oh. But oh, I'm telling okay. you what the family's point was at the time, because I mean, I talked to his parents at the time. He never said, I'm not going to come. Yeah. It, it yeah. got portrayed as if you don't draft me, I'm not coming. Right. Like, if you don't take me in the first round, I'm not coming to the NFL. I'm going to go play basketball. What he said was, if you don't draft me in the first round, I can't guarantee you that I'm going right. to come play sure. in the NFL. And that's a distinction. But it got portrayed nationally as I demand to be a first round pick. No, he just said, I think I can go play basketball. So if you're not going to take me in the first round, then I may go do that. And, and I want to that's point, different. And, and, and I want to point out also, if you guys have ever stood around Charlie Ward, you know he's not a big dude. No. And at that time, at that time, there were no quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not just talking about black and white. There were no quarterbacks in the league that looked like Charlie Ward. Right. I mean, he is tiny by way of comparison to the NFL. And the thought was, okay, so wait, you're going to run around at that size in this league? It's and, not going to happen. Yeah, and nobody would have built their offense around him. Correct. And, you know, and Which the, is so, when you think about it, how asinine is that, that you would get a player of Charlie Ward's ability and have him try to fit your system? Of course it's stupid. Instead, right. And Florida State did it for the first nine games of 1992. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not say, I'm going to I'm going to have my offense completely around that dude? And it's just, and they, but they wouldn't do it back then. So in fairness, again, to those teams, and it's in the documentary, um, they're like, look, he didn't show that he could play in a pro-style offense because when he was in a pro-style offense, they were making bumper stickers that said intercept, honk if you've intercepted Charlie Ward. But it's like, man, in the shotgun offense, he was the best thing college football had ever seen. Correct. Why would not an NFL team be like, well, I want that? It's just that was the yeah. way of thinking back then. The one the one thing I wanted to add, though, is in around 2000, 2000 when I went back to Thomasville to be editor of that paper, I talked to Coach Ward, and this is like in 2000, 2001, and I said – man, I really wish Charlie would have played football. It would have been so much fun to watch Charlie play football. And he goes, well, his knees don't. Like, yeah. his knees are very happy he ended up playing. Because I don't think he had great knees to start with. Yeah. And playing basketball, I think, was better for him uh, than playing football. Yeah, I think there will always be a fear, even with a guy, like, with, even in the modern way of viewing football and viewing offensive football, people, Charlie would still make people nervous. I think, for example, uh, the cur- current quarterback at Florida State makes NFL teams nervous, too. Jordan Travis is not a big dude. He's yeah. not a big dude. And they'll recognize that there are more players like Jordan Travis in the league now than ever before, certainly than there were at Charlie's time. It's He's still going to have to overcome that. That's the biggest thing with him. Um, he's going to have to get so much bigger, and I don't know. Maybe he can. I, I'm done doubting him because he's already made well, radical the deal with, shifts in his ability to play the position. But. but with Jordan, what's helped him this year especially is he's beating teams with his arm and his mind, not just with his mm-hmm. athletic ability. He's proven that now. So that's what you want to see at at the next level. I mean, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna run like Lamar Jackson twenty times a game. He can't do it, or Josh Allen, he can't do it. But he he has proven, I think, that he can be at at worst a capable backup somewhere because of the way he can read a defense, and he's got enough arm talent anyway. You guys you guys watch so much more NFL than I do. It seems to me though, like our teams now, if you've got an athletic quarterback that can do some things in the run game. But I mean, and aren't there backups now? Aren't they get, finding backups who could run that offense? Because that was a thing, even when Lamar Jackson came in. So, okay, build your offense around him. But if he goes down, what are you going to do? Well, well right. if your backups can do a lot of those things too. And that's why they brought in RG3 was right. the idea that like if he goes down, we can't flip to another system. Yeah. Suddenly right. Flacco's back. And you know, we, we got to have a system that we, we've built around here. You go all the way back to Michael Vick at Atlanta. One of the interesting things about that was – 
Nobody wanted to take a guy, no matter how electrifying he was in that way, because they would have to completely change the way they draft and the way they run their offense, to Ira's point. And most teams were not going to change out the other 21 guys to fit, you know, and and, and they didn't want to do that. And now it's it's done all the time, and including with the best team in football right now, Philadelphia, who has found a way yeah, to Yeah, man, you just you you get a you get a a good quarterback. Having a good quarterback that's that's good in your system is so much more important than anything else on a football field. Yeah, it's so much more important. It, 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 well, trust me, as a Falcons fan, watching this debacle <laughs> in this S show with this well, you guy, don't, you, you don't think Marcus Mariota is otherworldly great? Come on, he's Corey. man. I'm, there's just some things I see Sunday, Jeff, that make me pause about well, you know, his future. I, I, listen, I'd, I'd like to believe that what you see is uh, accurate, but I will tell you, Tony Dungy said he was the next Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I just it, I, it is close. It is close. I haven't made up my mind yet. I need to yeah. see a few more, you know, one touchdown performances. Not but, enough uh, sample size. Not, not sample uh, size. clearly not. Just nine years. Seminal headlines. Ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Let's get back to the headliner questions. Guys, I read tonight on Twitter that Dion brought in David Kelly and Willie Taggart, quote, to get things organized in Boulder. I have no question. <laughs> And, and, we don't, and we I don't have, have a response. And I have no comment. Yeah, we have no response. Next question. Next, I, next, uh, next. I just Facebook think. It, post. I just think it's safe to say that Dion, who has some connections still at Florida State, I don't think did a whole lot of reference checking. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and I'm sorry to keep referencing this other show, but this very subject came up last night on the Husker Online program. They brought up Colorado because that's an old rival back in the day when Colorado actually could play Rashawn Salam and the like, right? Cordell Stewart. Uh, and they go, and they go, Jeff, you, you, you know, Dion. I'm like, not everybody that has covered Florida state knows Dion. That's not fact, how it works. Almost He's, nobody. Almost yeah. nobody does. He's never back at Florida state. So it's not like you run into him. Secondly, um, 
what are, what's your question? And they were like, well, who are these guys he's bringing in? I've never heard of David Kelly. What do you think of him? And I was oh. like, fellas. Well, look, fellas. Up his, look up his show cause in recruiting. That might be a good place to start. Where uh, he got the athletic director at UCF fired, I believe, allegedly. Anyway, yeah, I don't. Yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things. Yeah. I just went through all of it and went, guys, let's get back to Nebraska. Let's yeah, get yeah. back yeah. to talking yeah. Matt Rule here. I don't, I, this, you're not going to like where this goes. Uh, all right, I'll be the one to ask if Travis Hunter wants to come back, do we take him? That's from Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Scott Rice. Just make him run what, like eight steps? Nope. Nope. Just you can tell you can tell people you made him run stadium steps. Just give him a as hug. A punishment. Just give him a hug. Travis, but only make good. him. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, make him run five of them. Uh, yeah, you would you would take him in a uh, in a heartbeat. Here we I go. Think. Mike writes. This is way too early, and I'm sure it will be a talking point during the dry months after spring ball. But how do you guys think FSU will handle the target now being truly on them next year? It won't just be teams wanting to beat FSU. It will be teams wanting to knock off the chosen favorite in the conference. So, again, will they be able to handle that? I think so. That from Mike. It's a fair question. I mean, the dynamics are going to be different for this team next year. Uh, Not necessarily that that's a huge difference, but I do think, you know, just the reality. Jordan, look, man, Jordan's never gone into a season now with pressure. I mean, he's going to go in. This year was all about proving people wrong, right? I can be the starting quarterback. I can be an elite player. Now he's coming in as he's going to be known as the top, maybe the top quarterback in the ACC, a Heisman contender. So now you have the pressure of trying to live up to that. How does he handle that? I mean, I, so there's going to be some different dynamics going into the season. I you, think. Wouldn't you think, though, that the way he was able to overcome the other pressure he faced in his career, which is the fans booing him and nobody believing in him, would would makes you think that he'll handle that amount of pressure well because that to me is even harder than what believing in himself after nobody else believed in him i agree 100 percent. the only thing i would say is in the middle of the season where they lost a couple games i know everybody is mad about adam fuller and the defense they don't feel like the defense is good enough but the two of the three games they lost they scored 19 and 21 and that wasn't all his fault but he's a quarterback and i felt like the offense kind of got away from itself a little bit in those games and that can happen when you get an offseason full of hype. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's something he's going to have to guard against. I don't and think I he... need to correct you. I, I read they scored 17 in the NC State game. They My gave bad. up 19. If they'd scored 19, they'd they would have gone to overtime. Right. Yeah. So I, I would also point out, I'm glad you brought that game up specifically because that was the only Receivers. time this year that Jordan Travis showed a lack of leadership. He 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 showed his ass on the field. He was emotional on the sidelines. He couldn't gather himself. But I that thought, was all I think because of what had happened the first month and how much success they were yeah. having. Right. And like now, it was spiraling. Right. But yeah. my point would be that even in that moment, which was not his shining moment, and one that caused us all to raise an eyebrow because he made bad decisions in that game too. And we were all wondering, okay, now what's gonna happen? First time he's faced adversity this year, really having to deal with something like this where he was part of the problem in this game. Not the yeah. problem, but part of the problem. And he handled it like a champ. Whatever he did in terms of internalizing that, whatever conversation he had with Mike to patch up that right. little thing, whatever that was, it worked well. And I guess my overriding point here is that he seems to be a very mature young man. He doesn't sure. like the spotlight, but understands it comes with the territory and is a very good leader now in his own way. He had to figure out that way, though, because he's not real vocal. It right. took some time, but I think uh, yeah. I think he's that guy now. I don't really worry about him. As uh, far as the I'll, target, 
Right. Well, but in the last, yeah, the last half of the season, there's no question. I mean, it was the best he's ever played. He, he, and I think going through that helped him refocus right. on what gets you there. But that's the thing, like, right. When you have success, the challenge then is not feeling like you're going to always have success, but constantly sticking to yeah. what you do and Im- yeah. improving. Yeah. So that's, that is going to be the challenge. So I'm, my point was, I don't know if necessarily know it's going to be because opponents look at them differently, but now Trey Benson's going into a year. Trey Benson went into this year knowing nobody thought anything of him, that he was an afterthought in that 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 group that came in. Well, now he's coming off of a big season, and he's going to get a lot of hype. So all these things are just different if Trey Benson comes back, which we think he will. Cross our fingers that he does. He's really good. As far as the expectations, one other thing, this is a nuanced question. Look, as good as none as three felt and was, they didn't win anything. They didn't win the division. They didn't play in the conference championship. They got a lot to be focused on. They still yeah. haven't won anything. Yeah. They just finally had a winning season. The games that really, really mattered, they did not, you know, play play that well. Yeah, other than the rival. The, well, right. they didn't really play all that well against Florida defensively, but at all, really defensively. Right. But, yeah, you're right. The, when they had a chance to really make it a special, special, out-of-nowhere playoff-type season, they lost three in a row. So, yeah, they still got a lot to prove. High Plains Drifter, who, by the way, quoting a great um, Beastie Boys song, asked this question, how many transfers can a team take each year? Is there a cap like in high school recruiting, or are they just allowed to fill up to 85 scholarships? It's the fill up to 85 scholarships, is it not? Basically, but you can't bring in like 100 either. I mean, you know, you, you well, know that's more than 85, so you can't. That's why you can't. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that yeah, was not, a weird answer. You can't bring in fifty. I don't think. Why not? Um, there's a lot of things that are relaxed, but I don't think it's to that level, from my understanding. But there's not um, a cap necessarily. Like I was thinking about that with Dion, but I was also thinking about that with uh, with Norvell. Like if he has set fourteen guys that leave, can he not go get fourteen transfers? I think he can. On top yeah. of the twenty recruits he's bringing in. Yeah, I think they're relaxed. I'm not going to tell you a definitive. I just don't think you're going to see teams going out and getting 50 players. I think it's un- I- unlikely as well. I just do think it's a different deal. I mean, we're all watching now, and as these coaches start to decide how they want to configure their rosters, you're going to see weird things. I know that there has been one coach already who had an entire class, maybe it was at a small school that was only transfer portal kids or something like that at once. It's already happened once. One small oh, there you go. It's like the guy that always goes for it on fourth down. There's going to be a coach that every yeah. year yeah. just resets the roster with uh, there's just a guy who's like, coach, you're all but, 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 yeah, come on. Yeah. Next, next group. But, but the overriding, the overriding issue for Florida state, whatever that rule is, is you, you the 85 is the limit and Florida state's issue is not going to be, their issue is going to be finding space for all the players yes. that can bring in, they, they're right. going to sign probably in the te- high teens to 20 or 21. And then you want to bring in uh, several transfers. You don't have space on the team in the 85. So that's going to be the, for Florida state's purposes, the 85 is the most important number. And it's, you know, they're not going to be able to sign unlimited transfers. The way today's NFL is played. I think Charlie would have been a top 10 pick in the draft and would have had a tremendously successful career rights. Keith. Well, we, we talked about that a moment ago. You compare, um, I, I tried to compare him. Uh, I, I kind of compared him to, well, Manziel, which isn't a great comparison for what he did in the NFL, but Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler Murray's shorter than Charlie Ward. Kind of yeah, similar, played in a similar, you know, shotgun, fast break type offense. Um, I think Kyler Murray probably has a better arm than Charlie did, but, 
look, nobody had ever seen really anything like what Charlie and Florida State did. They talked about it, like how novel it was to just be in the shotgun the whole game. Are you kidding me? Now, imagine now just seeing a team in the I formation the whole game. You'd be like, what is wrong with this coach? What's going or, on here? Like, that's how rare it was back then. But also imagine Charlie with a back next to him doing his own read. You know? Yeah, I well, mean, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no telling. So it's hard to say. But, yeah, it he would have put up insane numbers in today's college football. Tough to talk about FSU hoops. They started 0-1 but have some slight progress. Uh, they started way worse than that. Um, how many ACC wins will they finish? Oh, he means in the conference. Okay. Uh, how many ACC wins? Okay, go guys, to that Louisville they, game. Go to the Louisville game. Yep. It could be historic. I was just about to say, uh, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to just rally the troops for the Louisville game. We're not going to speculate on the other ACC games. I asked you guys, and you laughed at me, and I thought I had set the bar low, but apparently not low enough. Uh, I said. What did I say? Seven or eight wins on the season? You go eight. I Both thought you said ten. I, I thought you got them to double figures. But I will say this: the fact that they, I think, either led Purdue or were down by two at mm -hmm. halftime to Purdue, and then led Virginia at Virginia, were in the game in the final minute. That's not what we had been seeing the first month, man. They were getting blown out by everyone. Yeah. So they had found something. They were playing better and more mm -hmm. competitive. Cleveland was starting to play like the guy we thought he could be. And then their best rebounder and their best athlete is now out for the year in Cam Fletcher. So great. Now, Baba Miller comes back in five games, but or comes back, finally arrives in five games, but that shouldn't make that much yeah. of a difference. Cam Fletcher, it's not, he's also probably the most competitive kid on the team, at yeah. least in terms of the effort he gave in every right. situation. That's really a bummer, man. Jeez. And, and it's not just he's their best rebounder. He's maybe their only rebounder. He's their only willing rebounder. Right. Until this last game, Cleveland had 10. And I'm like, maybe the message finally got hold of my guy. He was actually rebounding on the defensive and offensive glass. Maybe he's turned a corner. But, yeah, it's going to be a long season, clearly. But I think just the effort they gave against two very, very good teams leads me to think they could get to four or five ACC wins. Well, you get and, Louisville and, twice, you get Georgia Tech. Uh, you always beat Miami. Now that streak is in jeopardy, gang. You've won nine in a row. You're Platinum Bohica. It's going to be a tough up. I got news for you, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so damn sad by this development. I can't have all the years for everything to go south to have Ham have the stretch of the worst injury luck in history and to get screwed by the NCAA. This is about to be a platinum Bohica, guys. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what's and, nice, though, is that the Taylor Swift fans are suing Ticketmaster uh, and yeah. their parent company, and they're not is. suing her. Like, they're not mad at Taylor because this isn't Taylor's fault, the whole ticket debacle. So they're suing Ticketmaster, I think, and just her, the parent company. Right. So that, that makes Understood. you feel good. Nicholas writes, <laughs> okay. question about playbooks, gentlemen. With the portal and folks going everywhere, how does a coaching staff protect a playbook and the language around their plays? I am thinking specifically of the 13 championship and signals being stolen in that game. How does a staff prevent that nowadays? That's a great I, question. It is a great question. I actually just asked somebody this question last week, just randomly that, that he thought about How it. About Irish Kelvin, Kelvin could have been like John Franklin singling in our plays. John Franklin knows our plays. John Franklin, the third. I, uh, and I don't have all the details, but basically what I was told is, yeah, man, it is a huge concern at college football programs everywhere, especially because of the transfer portal. And there's they take measures during the season 
about like how long the players can have playbooks and where they can take them and all that kind of stuff. And then even going forward. Yeah. When, when they leave, I mean, I think there's so, and I think that's why so much of the hand signaling now is done in the signs and all that, because, you know, you can know, I mean, you can watch the film and know Florida state's plays, Base like plays, you, yeah. you know, counter, and you know, but it's, it's, it's all about the hand signals and that changes, I think throughout the season, like pitchers and managers do. And it's also changing obviously completely from, from season to season. So yeah, man, that's a that's a big concern. I mean, yeah, these players are some of these players will play at three different colleges and that that play against each other during the course of their careers. Final 10 minutes and the last of the questions coming up next. Some of the headlines, 93-3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. With so many sports books to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. MyBookie has a huge selection of odds, props, and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Stream games and live bet while you watch so you can turn game day into payday with my bookie sign up free today use promo code warchant and claim a half deposit match of any amount up to $1000 that's promo code warchant to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge when you play with my bookie you're not just betting you're joining the winning team bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie you know guys I don't know that you think about it when you're driving around, running errands, perhaps playing in bed at night. But every now and again, it would warm my heart to know that you think, ain't nobody can do an in-show promo read like my man Jeff Cameron. With fake money running down on the screen. It's just like yeah. just unflappable. Right. Even if I thought it, I would never tell you that, though. I know. I know. Yeah. I we just... Corey and I talk about it from time to time, though. Yeah, but we would never let you know. That. Wouldn't let me know. Okay, that makes me feel better. At least I yeah. know it's been bantied about before on long road trips. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. This will be a shorter road trip. It might not come up over to Orlando. <laughs> That's not true. Much, good not point. as much time to, to let that you know wash over you. Well, my... Little downtown Disney for that ass. Huh, there we go. Uh, all the fun. Um, so Bob writes, hello, my friends. Hello, it's good to be a Seminole, but uh, please answer this question. Bob's tired of me of glossing over his questions, guys. Okay. I think All he right. feels like maybe I've skipped him a few times. How the hell does a mediocre Carolina team get to play in San Diego against a solid and well-followed ranked Oregon team in a primetime night slot, and FSU gets shoved to Orlando against unranked Oklahoma? That's right, Bob. Well, that is well, right. I, I think Bob, Bob might be biased. Because it's in, his, it's in his neighborhood. I, I, I don't care that Bob lives an hour from that venue. The <laughs> yeah. fact is, Bob, you're right. That is a screw job. Nobody wants to see fat what's-his-face die on the sidelines at North Carolina while eating a ham sandwich and losing another football game, which could right. happen at the Holiday Bowl. It's just Drake, not – Drake May, a little, little shine off that star, old Drake May. Uh, well, I like Drake May, but – 
But that's not been a great three-game stretch there. Um, the the answer is the ACC, the the Champs Bowl, what is it called? The Cheez-It Bowl gets first choice. And they wanted Florida State. They did not want North. Holiday Bowl does not get first choice. And Florida so State wanted to be in Florida State wanted Correct. to be in the state of Florida. And so yeah, I th- I do think if they had lost the Florida game, I think there's a good chance they would have gone to the Holiday Bowl. Oh they, they won. That's why you're happy they won. Because yeah, we get to go to Orlando. That. That's a trade you can make. But yeah, aside from Jeff Cameron and Bob, um, most Florida State fans and, and all of Florida State's administration wanted them in Orlando because that's a lot of tickets. I think Tampa. Florida State's administration would have been all right with Jacksonville or Tampa. Well, yeah. no, I'm sorry. I meant the state of Florida. You're correct. You, you, you're you more anti-Orlando than yes. you are anti-staying in the state. That's correct. Okay, understood. Yeah. Well, that's because his focus is on Orlando. His focus was on one of these other municipalities <laughs> yeah. that yeah, we exactly love so right. much. He'd be ripping Jacksonville. Yeah. He'd be right. ripping Tampa, correct. shady Tampa. Sean wants to know over under 11 and a half wins if everybody comes back under. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot, man. How many teams had 11 over 11 wins this year? Two? Uh, by the way, congrats to Stetson Bennett on getting invited to New York City for the Heisman ceremony. Well earned. Um, am I allowed to say who I didn't vote for Stetson before the Bennett? results? Yeah, sure. I just I think people might think that. Georgia grad, Georgia fan. No, but you have Heisman I. voter, but I did not. I did not. Well, he's. I just. He's not the best player on his own team. It's not, not all that close. Not uh, close. So that's always a little bit hard, tricky for me. You don't have to uh, justify that that vote with us. Correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So Nathaniel Hornblower writes. Well, I know Orlando wasn't the pick. I bet Jeff is pumped that it's FSU versus Oklahoma. As an educated, educated sporting man who also follows OU closely, how do you expect us to attack, and how do you expect us to be attacked? Is their QB now healthy, and does he have a pulse? And if so, exactly how worried should we be? Okay, well, this is all good. We can attack any way we want, Nathaniel, because Oklahoma is dreadful on defense. Whichever avenue we want to take to score points on Oklahoma is the right one. Yeah. They don't make stops. <laughs> There are no wrong answers. No, you're going to end up at the same destination. The answer <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You're good to go. It's like when you put in an address on your GPS on your yeah. map, and there's three different ways to get there. That yeah, all you know, there you go. Yep. So I'll take the fastest. Uh, although in this matchup, I'll I take won't, no highways. No in highways. This, in this one, I would not take the fastest route to the end zone, just knowing that I'm going to get there either way. I would keep their offense off the field because that is the only chance Oklahoma has is if, in fact, Dylan Gabriel's feeling good and throwing the ball around the lot and cares to be there, then maybe there's a chance that uh, that game gets interesting because I don't think Florida State's defense is dominating. So I suppose if you have a couple empty possessions, it could get interesting. But an early prediction is that it's not going to get interesting and that Florida State's going to win this going away. Yeah, I think, you know, some people are getting excited about the idea that running back is not going to play, which is good. I mean, he's a 1,300-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good that he's not playing. It's good that their offensive tackles are not playing. Those, those are three really good things. But Jeff Levy's a really good offensive coordinator. Dylan Gabriel can put up points. I mean, I think they're going to score some points. But, yeah, Florida State's favored by, I think, seven and a half right now. And I think that that's, that number – Probably will go up, I think, as it goes on. I saw eight and a half. Stoops' okay. is, uh, so Stoops right is, uh, son is one of their leading receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've got – listen, offensively, they have talent, and yeah. we'll have plenty of time to talk about who this team is. I've watched them all year long, maddeningly so. Um, but they can score. Uh, they can score. They just don't stop a lot of people right. from scoring. And they have bouts where they don't score. So it is a weird, weird sort of team. 
What is the latest on the college football only, excuse me, on the football only facility, writes Mark? Are they going to start on it this offseason? More importantly, who gets the naming rights? Is it Birch Orthodontics or Register Sausage? Great question. It really should be. They should co-brand Or Ken the Carver. Ken the Carver. Maybe he could carve them a, a yeah. football facility. Uh, you yeah, can have all of those sponsors there, guys, with a picture of the three of us with similar headlines that's, over the top. It's not a bad play either. The building. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, there's, there, I talked to somebody yesterday. There's still plans still is to break ground on December 17th, which is coming quickly. And, uh, so that's the plan. I don't know that like after they do the shovels and the golden hat helmets and everything that they're going to be bringing bulldozers in that day. But the plan is to start pretty soon and have it built by the summer leading into the 2024 season. So for the next 18 months or more, they'll be doing construction around there. Um, but that's the plan, and they're going to break ground on the 17th. Michael writes, as we witnessed, Clemson being atop the ACC for most of the year and for most part cannot sniff the playoffs, how does this bode for us as we try to win the ACC next year? I know there's a lot of unknowns, and Clemson did make it into the top four at one point, but they eventually faded as others jumped over them. Hey, it could be worse. I heard lethal simplicity is coming to Colorado. Well, Michael, <laughs> Clemson lost a second game. Yeah, um, they're in the play. I think they're. I think they're in the playoff if they if they don't lose. They to beat South. South Carolina. If they beat South Carolina, they're in the playoff. Yeah, yeah the they're playoffs. in the playoff, but they lost a second game, and so it's not Clemson that got overlooked. So did Alabama. They too yeah. lost a second game. So look, don't be out here losing two games and expect to make the playoff. Uh, you need a lot of luck to go, fall in your favor. Also, I would argue, and I know it's just the eye test. But I would argue of the teams that were hovering around with an opportunity to make the playoff, Clemson was the worst of the bunch. Let's just say it. They're not that good. They were not that good this year. Now, They've got a lot of talent. They rarely played up to that talent this year. They had real problems at quarterback. They were wildly inconsistent defensively, which they thought was going to be their strength coming into the year. Lots of teams ran all over them, including Notre Dame, who ran over them. So Florida State had a lot of success running the ball against them as well. And I've heard a lot of people speculate that, oh, well, they trusted their red zone defense and they were content with Florida State running the ball. No, man, Florida State ran the ball from the first quarter on. They weren't content with just giving up seven yards yeah. of carry on a counter. So I, I just they did not play up to their ability, I, which speaks to larger coaching issues. Well, I agree with all of that, man. There's yeah, I'm with I'm leading the charge of Clemson's not what it was, and Florida State's about got a chance here now to take over. But we also saw the last three quarters of, the, of their ACC championship game. And with the finally yeah. putting DJ on the bench, now that that can reinvigorate their, untold, their whole Without team. Without question, they have a real quarterback now, and yes. So that's that's a concern. The other thing, it kind of stinks, right, going into next year. We're all happy they're getting rid of the divisions. That's great. Except if you beat Clemson in the regular season, there's a good chance you may have to play Clemson again in the, in the ACC championship. You're looking game. at it wrong. If you lose to them in the regular season, Ira, you get to play them but, again in Charlotte. But what if it's the other way, though? That would stink. You'd have to beat them you twice. They only have to beat twice. you once. Ira, that's what it's going to be. No, man, what will happen is you beat them in Death Valley, let's say 37-7, to 7, right. and then they come and beat you in Charlotte for the ACC championship, so you oh, go right. to 12-1. and one. You're still getting in the playoff, baby. You'll be like Georgia and Michigan and TCU this past week. It didn't matter how you did in the conference championship game. You're still getting in the playoff. And the ACC will be celebrated countrywide for having two teams in the conference. I mean, in the playoff. Playoff, absolutely. It's going to be the best conference in America next year. Yeah, at that point, man. Can you imagine if anybody else from this conference ever shows up? Good thing is they're not down in Miami right now. That's the funny thing is we watch the recruiting happen as we wind today's show down. 
There are not a lot of people flocking to Miami, man. This is going to be fun to watch. I, I know that he's procured about as good a class as you possibly can, given the circumstances. It just doesn't sound healthy. You got good players leaving that program, including one that may be coming to Florida State. So that that can't be healthy. I hope that that continues to, to linger. Yeah, well, and he's and, and he's running some of those kids off too. I mean, it's a it's they're they're they are in a much bigger rebuild than yeah. some people might think. I mean, it's, it's also gonna be hard, man. Years. Like you touched on, when you're building your entire recruiting class on how much money you can spend to get them to your campus, man, that's great. But how much does that mean they're going to work to make your program better? Yeah, and how much are they going to be on... looking to go somewhere else when it sucks? You know, are they invested in you and what you're building, or are they invested in what you gave them? Exactly. Which I get, you know, that's 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 a tough that's a tough road for these coaches to hoe to that's figure a... out how to do it, how to build a program like that. Because I don't I don't know that that's sustainable. It's in fact, I know it's not. It's a balancing act. It's why we talked about the guy that's here, why everybody's excited because you have the best of both worlds. For Ira, for Corey, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Good job, Tom Lang, producing today's show. Be good. We'll talk to you again next time.